Oh, welcome back, everyone. Al Godfrey, A.J. Godfrey, our coach, K.T. Tracy Roberts. He's down there in his uh, home Orange County studio, the magic of radio. I know. This is the first time we've ever had our orthopedic surgeon on the phone. Usually he's hanging out with us in studio, and I get to rag on him in person, but this time it'll be via phone. Two baby- Dr. Christopher Lee. Two babies on your knee. How you doing? Yeah. We're all bunkered in here. Everybody's uh, observing the quarantine, the lockdown, social distancing in effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy stuff. Pretty hey, crazy stuff, I tell you. Hey, Doc, firstly, before we get uh, a little bit lighthearted uh, uh, with the serious situation going on, I mean, when I say lighthearted, we'll talk a little NFL sports with injuries. you and, and sports and sports injuries, uh, of course. Let's just get your take, firstly, on uh, COVID-19 and just your personal feelings of what's going on today. Well, there's no doubt it's real. I mean, I think when it first came out, I remember I even went back and looked at some of the stuff that WHO was putting out after the first case. And at first it was kind of like, it's non-lethal. If you're under the age of 60, you're fine. You're going to get sick, you'll be fine. But I think what we're quickly finding out is it's serious. Um, Certainly, you might not die from it, but man, you'll be in the hospital for five days or you'll have symptoms for two or three weeks. You know, being in healthcare, I already have several colleagues and some friends that I've trained with and mm-hmm. grew up with kind of through our training days that have gotten sick from this. It's it's the real deal. And, yeah, you might not die, but, shoot, I mean, I have some friends that are three weeks out mm-hmm. and still having trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. So we have to take it seriously. Um, I think the, the social distancing is key. There's no shame in wearing a mask. I know there's kind of a debate whether to wear a mask or not. But I know I'm wearing a mask when I'm going grocery shopping just because it might not prevent an infection, but it certainly can't hurt as long as you're not wearing it for more than three or four hours in a row. Uh, We do have to be careful about wearing these masks for too long. Um, Why is that, by the way? Why why is it? You know, I I hear, you know, you know, wearing a mask certainly has its great benefits, but why can't you wear it more than once? Well, because you're going to start rebreathing stuff. You know, let's say someone, let's say you get a bad situation in the grocery store and there's some asymptomatic, you know, they're asymptomatic carriers. Yeah. They're people that have this disease that don't even know it. And you can't blame them. They got to go out and get food. They might be standing in line with you in the grocery store. It might be six feet away or, you know, everybody says six feet. You might be out going for a walk, which is totally fine. But if you're standing downwind, just like when you play golf, yeah. you know, you better be more than six feet away from them because it's, <laughs> those, these respiratory droplets, which can stay in the air for three hours, uh-huh. will get you. And so certainly, you know, if you're wearing masks, you're wearing for protection, right? If someone coughs or sneezes next to you, if their droplets are getting blocked by this mask, you don't want to rebreathe it. And so you really shouldn't be wearing it for, they, they're really saying more than three or four hours. Now, hmm. it's totally better than nothing. If you have one of those UV boxes and you sterilize your mask, it's probably, probably fine, but the recommendation right now is to typically not wear the mask for more than three or four hours in a row. Gotcha. But who knows? That might change. I feel like everything is changing mm. by the day, by the hour. Different recommendations are coming out. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers, whether you know, you're know you an orthopedic doc, a dermatologist, or a primary care doctor, to be well-read on this. I th- me and all my colleagues, we are all reading up on corona every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting to start reading the studies that are getting published out of China now. Uh, Hubei, Hubei province, you know, they're publishing all their data that they learned. It's very interesting, the stuff that's coming out. 
We're talking with Dr. Chris Lee. He's our official orthopedic surgeon of the show for many years. Uh, but, Doc, obviously when you went through training to become a doctor, uh, I'm sure you touched on respiratory and, and uh, lungs. And yeah, you worked in emergency rooms. You delivered babies. You did it all. Sure. I mean, back in the training days, sure, we did it all. Never seen anything like this. Uh, I think one of the, the hardest things is nobody's seen this virus before, so nobody has any immunity or any cross-immunity. You know, every year we have a flu that comes out, and there's probably a little bit of cross-immunity from previous years. This is a brand-new virus that's come out, so it's hitting people hard. You know, young people, if, if we're seeing the smoking, vaping populations having a tough time because of the respiratory illness, you know. They're saying now people who smoke marijuana are having a tough time because um, their lungs can't handle it, you know. This is real. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, on, I'm not of the camp that's like, oh, this is overblown. It's just going to go away. I, I really think this is the real deal. we got to be really, really careful out there. I mean, eventually, when they say it'll peak and it'll go down, I mean, certainly it's going to be here forever, everywhere in the world. But, you know, when they say it'll eventually kind of run its course, what does that mean? It's not going to just go into, like, remission or hibernation, right? Well, there's certainly two camps of thought on that. We know that this virus, they've studied it, like, bio you know, all the biology of this virus, we know it cannot tolerate a temperature more than 70 to 80 degrees. So one theory is because this is a very heat-sensitive virus, Mm -hmm. thank thank goodness, is once, you know, the warm weather hits, once it turns 80, 90, 100 degrees, this virus will burn out. So that's one theory. Now, the counter to that is Australia just went through their summer, and through their summer months, they had cases. So that's kind of a hole in that theory. But that's one thing. Okay, this virus is going to burn out. And then it's just going to disappear, you know, that we're going to be able to contain it. All the cases will be gone. We'll have enough immunity that we're it's gone. The other camp is this thing's not going away because mm. most viruses will burn out in the summer. But like what happened in the Spanish flu epidemic back in you know 100 years ago, it came back in the fall and it came back even worse because it had mutated a little bit. Viruses mm. mutate very, very quickly. And then, you know, anybody that's been immune before, they're not going to be immune to it again or it might come back even more dangerous. So the other camp is this thing's not going to go away until we have a vaccine. Gotcha. Just like every year you get a flu shot. Now, there are already, I think, three or four labs that have come up with a vaccine to just make people immune to this disease. However, it takes about a year of FDA testing for it to come out because they have to make sure it's safe. So the earliest that we're probably going to see the vaccine is March, April next year. Hey, so doc- some people are kind of like, we got to bunker down, and maybe in a year we'll be safe when the vaccine is mm-hmm. out. Doc, regarding vaccines, I mean, it's not a vaccine's not even 100% foolproof for people. I mean, I've had many flu shots over the last 12 years, and I still, in three or four months, have gotten the flu. But a vaccine is different than a flu shot. I mean, yeah. I, I have a vaccine for measles. I haven't received well, okay, so what's the di- measles. Right. So what's the difference? Well, you know, a vaccine, this Hopefully, we have the right vaccine. Right. See, the problem with the flu is there's so many different strains. There's so many. There's so many. There's so much variety in flu. The other thing is flu mutates very, very quickly. It will mutate. I, I forget the cycles. It mutates like hundreds of times before it's in America from China. So you might get the flu shot that's correct from six months ago, but because flu mutates so quickly, by the time you get it, it's a completely different virus. Mm. or they selected a different strain or something like that. So um, the other thing, flu shot isn't, like Adam said, it's not a true vaccine, you know. Mm. It's it's a shot to hopefully prevent immunity based on previous um, viral strands. 
when you have a vaccine, things like polio, you know, measles, mumps, those kind of things, that is based on, like, hopefully this coronavirus doesn't mutate. If we have the, the coronavirus and we have a vaccine to it and it doesn't mutate like crazy, then we can be completely immune to it and never get it. and It'll burn out. Mm. So, you know, some, some viruses we can develop vaccines, other ones we can't, you know. The scientists were able to get a vaccine for coronavirus within, you know, a few months. But look, we have HIV, we have hepatitis, those horrible diseases. We still don't have a vaccine, and those have been around for, what, 20 or 30 years, you know, so... Um, sometimes but you get a hit, sometimes you don't. To counter that, I mean, certainly, I mean, the 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 drugs for HIV, I mean, people are living right now, and they don't even feel any symptoms. So, I mean, I think they've come a long way when it comes to that. Well, it's interesting that you bring up. Let me, let me give you some stats for HIV. Yeah. Do you know how many new cases of HIV there are per year? No. no. About 2 million worldwide per year, new cases of HIV. Wow. Do you know how many deaths do you so now you're right. Think of Magic Johnson, right? Yeah. He's had HIV for, what, 20 years? Uh-huh. And he's been fine. But each year in the world, do you know how many deaths there are from HIV? No per clue. year. Seven to 800,000 per year. Wow. Hmm. Remember, in America, we have the best technology in the world. We have these medications, but they're very, very expensive. You go to some other parts of the world, they, don't, they can't afford these medications uh-huh. that Magic Johnson takes. So HIV is still a big problem that we don't have a solution to. Interesting. So, you know, the doomsday preppers are going to say, you know, we got to watch out for coronavirus because if it gets uncontrolled like HIV and other countries can't afford whatever medications we come up to, to curb it, we're in big trouble, you know. We're, we're up in a tizzy because coronavirus is probably going to cause, you know, a few hundred thousand deaths in a worldwide. Yeah. Look at HIV 30 years later, still almost a million deaths per year worldwide. So... That's why I think this this is real. We we gotta handle this now while it's in its early stages. We just gotta respect the government recommendations of social distancing and staying at home unless you really have to go out. That way we can get a handle on this. Well, this is definitely uh, going to change. This is this will definitely change our whole outlook on living, our hygiene. I think, if anything, we take some good from it. I think we'll learn from this and uh, yeah. kind of uh, make sure we're not uh, licking our hands after we're you know eating our burgers and shaking people's yeah, hands no and doing all that. Switching it up here, we only have a few minutes left in this segment. But first of all, we have not had you on since the Bucks took over Tom Brady. This is huge, uh-huh. man. As a Patriot fan, how does it make you feel? Seriously. Well, we always say in Belichick we trust. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope he's right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as everybody hopefully knows by now, I grew up in Boston, was there for 30 years, diehard Patriots fan. Um, you know, the Patriots tried to extend him. Not a lot of year. money, they though. Offered him, I mean, does he need a lot of money? Well, it's an insult. Hey, you're Tom Brady. You're a goat, right? Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. So two years, $25 million with the extension. What did he take with the Bucks? Basically the same contract. Wasn't it like 34 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. But, you know, I I think it's just like all relationships, you know. Sometimes they just, you know, sometimes you kind of go through a path for a while. You go through a journey. It just doesn't work out. It's probably time for both of them to move on. You know how the Patriots are, no matter who you are. Yeah. They're going to get rid of you a year too early than a year too late. They did it with Vince Wolfork, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, Vince Wolfork was our guy. He and Belichick were tight. Yeah. 
And, man, he, he let him go. Richard Seymour, we let him go to the Raiders. Um, better year too early, better year too late. I mean, Chandler, Chandler Jones, we let him go too. It's just, yeah, you've let, the they've play. let a lot of people go and, you yeah, know, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Malcolm Butler oh my go. gosh. He's our hero. They let I him know. go and, you know, um, it's just the Patriots way and we trust Bill Belichick. I mean, Robert Kraft is as smart as any owner. I give him he, credit too, Chris. Brady like a son. Yeah, you know. It was great that so. uh, Robert Kraft just uh, took the plane, uh, the Patriots plane, yeah, over masks. to China and brought back over a million yeah. masks. That was a great move. Or, or I'm sure you guys heard about Stefan Marbury, basketball no. player who had. Oh, so Stefan Marbury, you know, he was he was really really good in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and he was great in China. He had a lot of business relationships in China, and he had he got a Chinese company to donate 10 million N95 masks. Wow. To New York healthcare sim- symptoms at one third of the cost because wow. of all of his business relationships that he built up in China. I well, mean, all these the private equity has power; they can do so much for the world right now. What mask do you? Ten million N95 masks. What do you use? What mask do you use when you're doing some good surgery? Well, in surgery, we just use our regular procedural mask. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so I'm not on the front line, so I'm not going to take an N95 mask when my buddies are working the tents and working the ICUs. Right. So I just use an old procedural mask that, you know, I've had since before this outbreak. We had a fire in our complex last year. I had some leftover procedural masks that I had bought, and I'm just using those. I feel like it's better than nothing. Do I have any science to support that? Absolutely not. Mm. But to me, it makes sense. There's no Taiwan, 80% of the population in Taiwan, which is right next to China and China, right next to China and Japan and Korea, 80% of Taiwanese citizens are wearing a mask when they go out wow. and they've only had a few hundred cases you know the, the so, little, you know something they've been wearing masks forever you know, on everywhere you go yeah. you know what i mean you know something yeah. guys the lone ranger and tonto had it right <laughs> yeah yeah hey We're chris dr lee we love you man and uh we'll get you back on in a few weeks yeah. but uh keep it you, keep you the faith alive safe, okay yeah. thanks stay safe be healthy stay at home thanks doc great talking to you ChrisLeeMD.com, ladies and gentlemen, our official orthopedic surgeons.